Hello, friends. This month is a huge celebration for us. Guess what? We are turning one. This July, we're celebrating one year of being on the air, aiming to demystify the world of audiovisual and lighting for events and revealing to you everything that's related to event productions, behind the scenes, tricks of the trade, as well as insightful tips, strategies, tactics, and perspectives, which hopefully have helped and will continue to do so to plan and produce successful events of all types, sizes, and formats in person, virtual, or hybrid. So in order to diversify this experience for you and give you a wide range of what it's like to plan events during this season, I decided to do something different this month and invite several event professionals from all parts of the industry with a different stance and perspective to come and talk about their experience with this new reality of planning and producing events. Today, I have with me virtually in the studio, Canon Hackler, the owner of Hackler Production, located in Meridian, Idaho, and the production manager of Capital Church, also from Meridian, Idaho. He has worked in the service and event industry for close to 20 years and services the live event industry while also being one of the Treasure Valley's few complete solution building integrators. Hackler Productions was found in 2014 with the intent of operating with a big heart while offering big service. Canon leads with the motto, people first, process second. Now I've known Canon for a few years and this motto is very true to the way he works and serves. He has a big heart and pours himself into any project he starts and completes and you would often find him behind the scenes hours before and after an event is scheduled to start and end. Kenan, warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for making time to being here and sharing your experience from a production manager standpoint, as well as a small business owner, event producer, and integrator in the Treasure Valley. How have you been? How has uh, COVID-19 been treating you during this unprecedented time in the event industry? I think I'd speak for everybody. COVID sucks. <laughs> <laughs> COVID is no fun at all. I mean, a lot has changed in our industry. We've got companies such as Elacoustics, statement from Sweetwater. We've got a lot of people hurting in our industry who, you know, this is normally crunch time for annual budgets. This is, you know, beginning of festival season some cases right into it. You know, a lot of revenue is being lost right now. There's millions of people who you know, work in the live event industry and somewhat on the service side who are really feeling the pinch right now. Our family's doing well. You know, we are making it through as everyone is, but definitely feeling the pinch. Absolutely. I think everybody can relate to that. And if you've been personally impacted or someone that you know, you definitely know what that means. How has this virus, pandemic, uh, whatever you call it, how has it impacted you and the way of uh, doing events? How is that different than what you used to do not so long ago, although it seems like it's been a year at least ago? Yeah. Well, COVID-19 really put a large dent in our annual revenue. Our company exists primarily you know, in the live event space. This was a this is a pretty sad reality for us. Hackler Productions prides itself on being quick and nimble in all areas of live event production. And uh, we had kind of already moved into the streaming service world. So for us, we were able to shift gears relatively quickly 
And uh, while, you know, still not being able to accommodate previous contracts that were dependent upon the live experience, uh, we were able to accommodate 13 churches and two groups within 11 days of Idaho's stay-at-home order, uh, really utilizing shipping and local delivery of equipment to keep those groups afloat. And for the greater part of the beginning of the pandemic, we were we were guessing. Uh, it was it was a, a total guessing game. There were a lot of groups, especially since we work with a lot of churches. There was an immediate right now need to get mm-hmm. what would normally be live content on the air, yeah, uh, in some form. And and uh, of course, the whole world jumped on. Zoom kind of was the winning platform for video for whatever reason. You know, they wanted out. It wasn't even through marketing. It just kind of fell that way. But Zoom doesn't work well for churches. And so Facebook uh, was a big thing. YouTube has already had a you know a long storied history and uh, live streaming as well as uh, Vimeo. And so uh, there was a lot of things offered out there. But we did take a hit from the live event industry restrictions that are replaced. I mean, there are some states that are not even looking till 2021. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 2020 is just completely off the books. They're not even paying attention to 2020. They're no. out of discussions for spring of next year. Exactly. And even spring of next year is still questionable because yeah. nobody knows what's going to happen. So it sounds like you really needed to transition really fast into a different mode of operating. What used to be live events where you deploy a whole system, a whole package of audiovisual production services, this had to all turn into some sort of a virtual production setup, right? Oh, yes. And how were you able to accomplish that? Because having so many churches and clients and groups that needed that in such a short span of time, what was really your biggest challenge as you're trying to transition to a virtual setup, virtual event, especially for many of those um, houses of worship that depended so much on transitioning that way? That's an excellent question. There's actually two areas that were pretty difficult for us right along, you know, the start of this. Our company really does, like I said before, pride itself on being quick and nimble. We we talk about that a lot in our personal office space with our crews. That's mainly client talk for us. It's it's more our interest. You know, client doesn't want to hear, you know, mid-event that, well, you know, you didn't pay for this, so we can't really do anything about it. That's that's not rhetoric that anybody who's hired you really wants to hear. Cause in a in a moment, usually if you work on the audio video industry, you're kind of mission critical in some capacity to making an event happen. You're not all things the event, but you know, you're relied upon very heavily for whatever contract it is that you signed and to show up with an attitude of, well, you know, that's not on the contract. So no, no, nobody wants to hear that. So being quick and nimble is important for us. And to that point, we also treat our, our business and our company and in service for churches the same way. So we have a lot of inventory and a lot of our, you know, folks that rent from us or folks that use a lot of our equipment, they know that we have a very wide range of stuff. We don't have a ton of those things. And that's kind of the, the downside of having a larger inventory. But we we kind of were ready to step into a different event space as it showed up. We were ready for that. Our mm-hmm. big issue when that happened, because it happened all at the same time. Yes. We're, we're not a big company. It was a big load on our office for us to be able to jump into that because the need was, you know, yesterday. It was right yeah. now, immediately, you know, pastors of churches who are for for in real conversation, CEOs of their own brand. Yeah. Well, they have to manage an office. They've got employees, you know, they're having to look ahead and they're immediately looking at quarantine and Sunday and realizing that those two things are not going to match up and they yeah. have to find answers quick. So they're reaching out to companies like ours going, you know, shoot, man, what do we do? And we're going, uh, well, I mean, there's the traditional thing that we know how to do, but your thing is every week. 
and yes. we can't afford every week. We had to transition really from you know our normal model of um, showing up and doing it to really your question, which is what was difficult, which was mailing them the gear and having them put it together. Oh, and troubleshoot it. Oh, great. Yeah. That actually became our biggest issue. So like the largest issue with hosting virtual events was not actually able to be relying on our qualified crew in the setup situation. Yeah. Where gear had been shipped, we were really more spending a lot of time on the phone with groups walking through their troubleshooting where like some of our customers, you know, we've sent gear, they don't know what to do with it. And phone troubleshooting is the worst because <laughs> you can't see it. There's really not a lot of interaction. And probably four of our clients have been rural churches in towns of less than 300. Oh, great. I so was like, send me a screenshot of what you're oh, doing. Yeah. <laughs> and in some of those locations, they're max. I, and I'm literally talking max. Their max DSL connection is three megabytes up. Oh, man. And, so, and any consumer grade equipment they're going to get is high def and needs seven to nine. Yes. And this was just a constant problem of finding yeah. some way to compress that video. And we even deployed a couple of eight ten mini pros out of some churches. And even their low streaming bandwidth was just like, I think the minimum on it is four. Yeah, I think you speak to an issue that a lot of people were scratching their heads right when virtual events became a thing, beginning of middle March, March actually. And they were saying, yeah, you can totally pivot, you can totally transition, you can totally do all those things. But then somebody would raise their hands and be like, but what about people that don't really have that much access to the internet or the internet is so slow that you can, you know, you wait 20 minutes to load a Facebook page. Yeah. Or the second problem we ran into was the computers that they had to do the processing were mm -hmm. eight, nine, 10 years old. And the hardware has already been beat to death. The internal systems of those computers are just worn out from just years of already use. And then to try to, you know, yeah, oh, it's, like, it's going to be your web streaming machine. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> there were just failures left and right. You know, I'm getting calls every day going, our computer crashed. What do we do? I'm like, I don't have an answer for that because it's not, you know, something specific in front of me. It's you're troubleshooting that stuff over the phone. I even met one church down here in the valley and they the self same day drove here from their town and bought an iMac off the shelf and took it home just to keep <laughs> up because the stuff that they had just it couldn't handle the workload. With that in mind, I mean, I'm just thinking after you went through a few of those calls, you're thinking, okay, what are now some best practices that I can put in place to limit some of the risk, right, involved yeah. with live streaming the day of, of the event? Did you do like dry run-throughs or did you try to set up some rehearsal time prior to the time today the when they needed to go live and you having to be on the phone with 20 different people at the same time? Right. This really speaks to a lot of the changing workflow that we had as well, because I'm also production manager of a, of a relatively larger church and we already had needs ourselves. We had our normal workflow. We were running five, six and I looking back, it was pretty crazy. We weren't running around with our heads cut off, but we were slammed and every day was a lot of stuff going on. And we went from the busiest we've been since I've worked here to absolutely nothing and doors closed, lights off. But we still had content to get out. You know, we still exactly. got several hundred youth that now don't have a Wednesday night to be at and how to air that content. And they ran into yeah. issues with that, like people tuning out, you know, youth don't want to be there for that long. So that one broadcast for youth turned into three because yeah. the trying to keep it as focused as possible and short right. as possible. And then our team, granted, our companies worked in the live event and streaming space for a minute, but none of our executive team has none of anyone in the church has. And so getting all of our 
our teams to structure around actually the funniest conversation we had was you need to wear the clothes that you would wear on a Sunday. And this was a surprise <laughs> for some people. Like they just hadn't thought through that you're going to be taped and this goes to air in a couple of days and a hoodie's not going to cut it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the whole implication of behind the scenes, what happens just to create some of those experiences that a lot of people would just tune into is beyond what anyone can imagine, unless you're the person working behind the scenes and doing it and scratch your heads with all the problems that are coming and trying to figure out, okay, so how am I troubleshooting this? How am I fixing this? How am I creating a solution? How am I being creative right now just to manage the workflow? I felt like the same way I worked harder the last few months than ever wow. before, yet I can't say that the revenue has been nowhere close to what it used to be. And Indeed. everyone is experiencing that. Yeah, 100% we are too. Like while the calendar got clearer as far as the booking dates, for some reason, the personal calendar was double or work, which is, it seems counterintuitive that if, you know, your year kind of goes to shambles and everything that you had on the calendar goes away, you would think, okay, I'm going to have free time now, but <laughs> no. And, and this has you know, been a thing I've heard eight, nine times. I was busy. Yeah. yeah not in this reality for sure. So going back to the best practices that we started talking about, how are you able to manage some of the stress and workload, having so many live streams going on at the same time, and also being in charge of other clients that were trying to manage their own stream? We as a company have a few general rules. And our first rule is we always have a backup. Always. We're kind of known in our event spaces for being a quick diagnosing company of general and some specific issues. Having much needed experience on a host of different platforms, we're able to offer quick and specific answers to needs, but the ability to change them at scale is very mm -hmm. important. To be mm -hmm. able to make those changes as something changes, no matter how big or how small that alteration might be, is, is very important. And for instance, we try to avoid risk. Granted, mm -hmm. it's the event industry, there's lots of risk, but we try to avoid unneeded risk. We plan for a lot of scenarios that we've run into in the past. For example, like a digital snake on a show, that's a risk. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're sending all of your signals down one line of patch. Compared to an analog snake. So for us, sub snakes go in the box. We just kind of, we filter most of our stuff through this. So it really comes down to who you do business with. I think this is a really important thing that a lot of people overlook when you're trying to avoid potential issues when you're having a live stream. Like who's, who's the company that's carrying your internet? What's yeah. their reliability? Do you know much about them? If there's a problem, yeah. who do you call? How prepared are you to ask hard questions? Can you barter well? You contracted some labor out and they're not really delivering. Are you willing to say, hey, I've got a client here and a show on the line and, and you're not delivering. We're definitely against treating people bad. We don't do that in our space. Well, I've run into some people that do. I think it's absolutely not professional, nor is it just in response to basic human emotion, nor is it kind yeah. or considerate. You know, we avoid all of that, but at the same time, we also prize the things that we've committed to. When we, when yeah. we give our word for something, it means means a lot. And so we stand behind that. So it's our responsibility to work through potential internet problems, making yeah. sure that we have qualified gear. That doesn't always mean brand name. It doesn't always mean you got to have a Martin rig on your show for lighting. It just means you need to know what you have, treat it well, give it the right maintenance it needs, keep up on that stuff. If you do all of those little details, a lot of the big stuff falls into place. Where you find holes in streaming problems, it's never like a little thing, is it? It's always like, boom, the stream went down. Yeah, you know, It's not like you lost the left side of audio and for some reason it just sounds weird in your ears for a minute. It's never that. It's always some catastrophic thing and it always links back to some little preparation that somebody didn't do. 
But I think that this is the the best opportunity for live event producers is in this space when you have things like live events, double and triple checking all of your small stuff Absolutely. is yes. the absolute and, win to having yeah. no problems on your live stream. With that being said, just going back to the platform, do you have a preference when it comes to platforms and what has worked the best for you as far as webcasting? One of the things that these opportunities have brought out for us is a real good opportunity just to sit down and take a look at analytics. My, my absolute favorite platform for analytics is Google Analytics and say what you want about Google, but they've really got their, their game together, you know, for crunching data. And I'm not a data cruncher. In fact, that stuff just makes my brain hurt. I'd rather not do that. But what I do love is the fact that there's a lot of statistics and analytics available for, you know, those of us who are working in live events and really understanding what the return on investment is for having a live event. What value does that bring to the company? What value does that bring to the group that needs that service? And so we've been going over quite a bit. You know, YouTube is really the winner here. Mm -hmm. YouTube is the most sought after and used platform for life. And that was actually surprising to me because I work a lot in the church world and they use Facebook. Yeah. I don't see it surprising when you think that most of the smart TVs at home have yeah. YouTube as an app and it's so much easier to just pull it up on your TV. So I don't have a smart TV at home. I run a company <laughs> of production. Do you have one of those CRT? I don't have. No, 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 no. I got rid of that two weeks ago. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, my TV isn't a smart TV. I've had it a couple of years. I actually, um, I don't do much in the way of entertainment at home. It's kind of my getaway space, which has been kind of on purpose just for some balance in my life. But all of our statistics that are coming back from all of our streams on YouTube, a smart TV is the most used the device, most used device, not mm -hmm. tablets, not phones, not even computers. It's the smart TV at home. And so in the beginning, and this is pretty crazy. Our church is very responsive. If you've attended our church, uh, you understand that there is a, there's an atmosphere there. You know, people like to get with it. They respond, they talk back. It's, it's great. And when we first went on Facebook, that actually stayed. Most people mm -hmm. were doing what they would do in a life scenario. They were doing it on Facebook. And it was actually very engaging. It was fun. I mean, when you're a part of something with a lot of engagement, it's just fun to be a part of that. So organically, that was original. But that started to die out. And people got less and less and less. In fact, we kind of made it a little bit of a joke, but it was fun. We printed out a bunch of hand emojis on put them on. <laughs> and we let them go in the first service we were back. And people actually were using them like thumbs up, smiley face, because our whole world for the last couple of weeks was not a lot of response. I mean, how many times have you been on a Zoom call and you yeah. have a question and nobody gives a response? They just kind of nod or thumbs up. That actually started to become a normal thing very quickly. In, in answer really to your question, understanding that audience though is mm -hmm. super key. Like knowing where your audience is and what yeah. type of engagement they actually use. Yeah. And so we like found out that as Facebook started to die off, YouTubers really catching the views and really showing concurrent views during the week. So then a little bit of research into that kind of really lent to the obvious fact that YouTube was the platform. But I got to say, uh, to really get into your question, just because you're live doesn't mean that there's not value for your efforts. Meaning this, I've been playing around with a couple of uh, different encoders, some different stuff out there, and I'm not a product placement guy. I'm not even a brand guy. I do what gets the job done. We have found also a platform through Living is One that actually is an encoder that streams to Facebook and YouTube and, and various other platforms, quite a few. 
and they do it on the basis of cloud uploading and then uh, mm -hmm. checks back to the encoder a couple of times to make sure that the stream is good and the quality is unbelievable. And so when you actually turn platforms, I actually want to bring that conversation, not just to the place the end user is going to be, but the process and how it gets there. It does matter where your audience is, but it also super matters what your audience sees and what your audience hears. Just because it's available doesn't mean they're going to stay. Right. If you watch something on Facebook and then you see another fun video and you're like, ah, cats, and then you click on it. <laughs> because it was right in front of you. I do want to segue into a question regarding this constant attention to making sure that whatever you stream does keep the audience's short attention span. We were talking about attention span. I think I was talking with my kids and we were comparing how a person's, an adult person attention span right now is shorter than that of a beta fish. Yes. It's pretty sad. It's, <laughs> it's a fun time we're living in. <laughs> So with that in mind, what were you able to do in regards to having this whole generation of young adults that you're working with and having to broadcast to them a content that before was so much easier to engage with, right? Something that you could be there present and engage with it because it kind of flows through you. But right now they're in front of a computer screen, tablet, TV, whatever that might be that they're using, and you're trying to engage with them. They're trying to keep them there. Is there any tips that you have for anyone that's struggling with that? Yeah, this is a big deal. There's a couple of things that are really important to understand right now, and that's that content is more available than ever. There are, you know, seemingly a, just a nightmare amount of platforms that you could be on. There's a multitude of, of issues that you could talk about. There's any number of points that you can make. There's any number of places that you can be, both in your own personal opinion, a political opinion, a stance on a thing so much and it wouldn't make a dent in all of the content that is available right now. I mean, the world is a wash in content. And while we are living in one of the most creative times, I believe in our cultural moment, it's a lot. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's inundating. In fact, podcasts are starting to re regain, not that they lost it, but they're gaining so much traction because it's not visual. You can yeah. be in your car in your own moment and still listen to something and, and feel engaged without just being you know, smacked in the face by yeah. news, by reports and stuff. It's, and there was an article put out by a digital information world and there, I'm actually quoting them is saying, uh, we are constantly bombarded by texts, tweets, push notifications, Facebook posts, ads, emails. Our brains are hooked on that stimuli. And what we crave is more and more new information. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be difficult to pay attention to any one thing for very long. And conversely, it also makes it difficult to hold anyone's attention for very long. This creates a significant challenge for marketers whose entire job is to cut through the noise and then meaningfully engage with consumers. And the common point agreed on, this is not my words, the common point agreed on by presenters is that less is more. I think this is the biggest takeaway from this question is that to keep someone's attention, it's not that you need to have so many things to keep that attention. It's you need to not be shoving so much mm -hmm. down the pipe. Mm -hmm. Lengthy discussions and too many non-applicable facts, people just tune you out. It's stuff that you can't use. Most people are buried anyways. People live really, really full lives. And kind of to the point I made earlier in our cultural moment right now, the human experience, we are bombarded daily by stuff. And most people just simply can't hold anymore. So if you're not bringing something of value, they just start dumping everything that you just handed to them. When combining attention, getting media and making sure what you offer is something of value, you need to make sure that it's not something of filler. 
what I mean by that is that focusing more on what you're giving in a live experience as something that the audience can engage with instead of just filler. Filler is really easy. It's and it's actually it's easy to get stuck in that trap of having your backup plan actually just be filler. That's a big trap that you fall in when you're really just trying to do content and you don't have a lot of good stuff. You just end up adding filler. People know. Yeah. You know, we're social creatures. We know when you're just throwing in filler. To summarize, basically, you would say just try to keep it as focused as possible, knowing what you're going to say and as uh, short as possible, <laughs> because uh, you're going to lose people no matter what. Yeah. And I heard somebody say this the other day. It was a really great point. Read the room. And the reason it was funny is because they were doing a live event and no one was in the room. Yeah. <laughs> no one was there. And he was like, this statement still applies. Understanding your audience making sure it applies for your live event, even though no one's in that room, read your room. Yeah. Make sure your topic lays out for itself what the key takeaways would be. Focus okay. on the one, two, three bullet points. Don't make it complicated. Don't over talk. Absolutely. Anyone who knows me knows I do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're coming to a conclusion here. As far as industry trends, what are you watching out for at the moment in this uh, reality that we're living in? Boy, where do you start? 2020 right? is a year for the books. If you would have pulled me aside at the beginning of the year and said, man, this is what 2020 looks like. I would say, so when did they shoot the movie? And what's the title? And when does it come out in theaters? Because that's not real life. How does all of that happen in a year? Yet, you know, this is this is the moment we live in. This is the stuff that we're seeing on a day-to-day -day basis. I was working with a youth worker the other day. They kind of pointed out a fact to me that really kind of blew my mind that there are teenagers, you know, some, some 13, some, some 12 year olds who are coming up in their youth program that their first look and realization into the world is what we're all seeing right now. Their yeah. first look and remembrance of the world as they're starting to log it away mm -hmm. is an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, which right now, this is insanity for most of the people that have lived through more calmer realities, yet having that perspective that this is what the world, the actual world is like, probably is something that is not the healthiest thing that could happen. 100%. I mean, we're, we're living in a moment of what I call upside down change. There's a lot of angry, distressed, and fed up people in our world who have a lot to say. But what wins is love and what wins is grace. For our mm -hmm. industry, it's important we understand where people are coming from. And this is very important. We're the privileged ones. We get to actually help functionally present others' messages in times like these. Mm -hmm. And that's super important to realize. Yeah. We're being trusted with a lot of deep, deep, powerful content. Regardless of what it's about or who's saying it, uh, there are not many moments that are as important as the current one and what we're seeing daily. There are kids, like I said, who are just now coming into the world and this is what they're seeing. They're seeing quarantine, pandemics, fighting, fires, mm -hmm. death, yeah. mass graves, separation, anger. There's a whole social sphere that's just absolutely on fire all the time. Yeah. What I'm watching for is how companies are navigating tricky waters and above all the noise, cutting through and offering answers, not statements, answers. I'm really tired of seeing a lot of statements. The mm -hmm. statement doesn't help anybody. That doesn't do anything for anybody. What does something is your boots on the ground. Yeah. It's a time that by 2030, we're going to hear more about in movies that are going to be made. Oh, <laughs> based man. On the reality. Movie that recaps this. Because <laughs> people would go, wow, that was a fun fiction story. And if you didn't live in that moment, you would just have no. We're going to be the ones telling the story. Well, in my day, when we went through COVID. Yeah, this is our grandpa moment right here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This is it. <laughs>
And my kids, all they will remember is like, actually, it was such a long summer vacation. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know that nine-month school break that we had? Okay, yes. so for people looking to find out more about you, your services, and what you do, the type of work you do, where do they find you? Well, given that we're a small company, you can find us at hackleproductions.com. I myself update and maintain the website. I don't do a whole lot on it. It's just a, a basic covering of what our company does. We focus most of our reach on Instagram. A lot of the stuff that we do, of course, with installs, which actually right now installs is a primary side of our business. With that, it's very visual. We're taking a lot of photos of those things, offering a lot of value to the end consumer on what their system can possibly look like, what options are out there. We've actually had a lot of people reach out to us about the things that they're seeing. Once you present somebody with a solution, all kinds of doors open up. We're pretty heavily involved on Instagram, also Hackler Productions. You can find us on Facebook. We release some stuff out there every now and again. And also just want to reach out and say thank you for having me on your podcast today. It's been an absolute privilege to talk with you. I really, really appreciate this time that you were able to give me and our audience. And I wish you all the best. And thank you again for making it possible to be here. Oh, thank you for having us. Okay, friends, this is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the very end. Leave us a message or a comment if you found any of this helpful and in which way. We would love to hear from you. Also, what else you are doing as far as events and your business goes, especially if you have new ideas that we haven't covered yet, please do tell us. We would love to hear from you. You can contact us via email, podcast at trifanevents.com or via our Instagram account messaging us directly at trifan underscore events. Stay safe and healthy until next time, which is going to be next week with another feature guest. So make sure that you put that in your calendar. We're going to have another guest on our podcast, and I'm so excited to air that episode out in a week.